This is Aging Matters, care and comfort that surrounds you on News Radio 680 WPTF. 60 minutes devoted to giving you all the information you need when caring for a loved one with Nicole Cleggett and Jason Kong. You're listening to Aging Matters, care and comfort that surrounds you, a service of Transitions Life Care. It's your life, your care here on News Radio 680 WPTF. Good Saturday evening to you. I am Jason Kong here with Nicole Cleggett, representing both Transitions Life Care and Transitions Guiding Lights. The lovely Nicole Cleggett. How are you doing this evening? I'm doing well. Very, very well. I'm really getting excited about our upcoming event. Yes, yes. We're going to be talking all about the Raleigh Caregiver Summit. You can find more information at caregiversummit.org. And we couldn't have a conversation about uh, our looming Caregiver Summit if we didn't bring in Lisa Levine, our one of our favorite guests here on the show. She is the Director of Education for the Dementia Alliance of North Carolina. Lisa, thank you so much for coming back on the program. Thank you for having me back. Excited to be here. Yeah. So in full disclosure, Lisa and I have been planning this event, I think, um, 10 years 10 years ago? now. Yeah this, yeah. Is, this is a long time. And so, yeah, we're not looking as young as we used to. Luckily, they don't have to see that on air. But we are finishing each other's sentences a lot of the time. We are. We are. <laughs> yes. Yes. And we're super excited to be planning yet another uh, caregiver summit in Raleigh, which is actually the home base of where it all began. It so is. super excited about that. The upcoming caregiver summit is going to be on October 29th at the McKimmon Conference Center in Raleigh. And uh, excited to say that we have a new and increased capacity. And no, they have not built on. This is a. This is the thing that is creating me great just I'm just so amazed they haven't built on to the building in 10 years but yet we can fit about 65 more people <laughs> we can which is so, perfect because so many people have wanted to come to this mm-hmm. and now they can and now they can so Lisa talk to us a little bit about um, what exactly is a caregiver summit and who should be coming well the caregiver summit is a day full primarily of education But we also have over 90 resource exhibitors at this. Mm -hmm. So even if you didn't go to an education session, which I don't recommend, you could get (laughs) so much information and education from our resource exhibitors. And also we have a great opportunity Mm -hmm. for people to network with each other. And, you know, the thing about the exhibitors is we often, a big part of this show is, ta- is really trying to untangle that tangled web of resources that exists in our communities, specifically in the, in the more metro area of Raleigh. Mm-hmm. You know, we are, it's a blessing and a curse. We have a, such a great population density, and we are, because of that, we have so many resources that interact with our aging and adult population. But that can be very, very overwhelming to family caregivers. So having all of those organizations organizations in one place to be able to have your questions answered is definitely a benefit to people. And we really do see people sometimes skipping a session because they really just want to talk to that assisted living community or they really want to find out how hard would it be to remodel the home or, you know, what exactly can home care do or, you know, what is hospice even. So um, I think that's a really great benefit to our family caregivers for sure. I agree. And we always encourage people to have those conversations before they need the information. Yes. So this is the chance to find out what you might need in the future and to have that information in your back pocket, if you will. To hang so on who should be coming? 
We all should be coming. <laughs> Everyone should be coming. Anyone that's a caregiver, and and you might think of yourself as a caregiver of, oh, I'm in the home every day and I'm taking care of someone, but it's not only those people. It's neighbors. It's friends. It's the person that maybe is just picking up groceries for yeah, someone. or starting to do the bills. You know, it, it, it creeps up on you. It and, does. And a lot of times when I'll say to a family member, when they're doing some of those responsibilities like bill keeping or housekeeping or grocery shopping, well, how's your caregiving going? Well, I'm not a caregiver because they assume that personal care, actually assisting mm-hmm. with incontinence or assisting someone to get in and out of bed, that's caregiving. No, it actually mm-hmm. creeps in. And the next thing you know, more and more hours of your day are chunked away. So if you're starting to do some of those things for a loved one or starting to worry about a loved one who's showing a cognitive decline or physical decline, this is definitely the place you want to be. It absolutely is. And we have a lot of really interesting sessions this time that I think especially speak to people that that maybe are not necessarily a direct caregiver, but their support of another caregiver as well. So much interesting and original information. So talk to us about some of those newer sessions this year. Well, we've got one session I'm excited about. We're calling it Home Safety for the Golden Years, but it it really looks at everything in your home and how to make it safe as we age. And we all need that. Mm -hmm. We we all are at a fall risk. We all need that important information. Of course, we have our usual topics. We have some in-depth things on dementia and Alzheimer's, um, and we have... um, a really great session called Dance and Movement for Everyone. We always try and have sessions that help us take care of ourselves as caregivers. And so um, it's dance and movement that you can use for the person you're taking care of but also for yourself. So maybe I'll slip into that one if I can. (laughs) (laughs) We've yet to attend a session during one of these conferences. That's right. Maybe this is the year. (laughs) Maybe. Uh, We're excited to have Secretary of State Elaine Marshall join us this year. Uh, She's actually going to do two breakout sessions on investment fraud and guarding your assets. She's a great speaker. She is wonderful. And we're, you know, honored that she can take the time to come to this. It shows you how important this is. Everybody's coming. You know, one of the sessions that I find interesting is, especially because it's been so sensationalized in the news, is the one on the opioid epidemic. Mm -hmm. And, you know, when we're working with older adults, a lot of them have chronic pain issues. And so that bears the question of, you know, how do we handle opioids for older adults? Right. Are we we talking about the opportunity? the chance of them becoming addicted. Um, or or when, people get scared or, about it going away if there's a, maybe not a solution to help that person with their pain. Exactly. And then also, what do we do with those medications when we're not using them anymore? Not flush them. No, not flush them <laughs> and not just leave them in the medicine cabinet no, either. So no. we're going to do that. We're, we're also going to have um, the group from SAGE come and talk about what caregivers should know about the LGBTQ population this year. It's something that we've been talking about in an industry for, as an industry for quite mm-hmm. a while to um, really support all seniors Correct. in this. But it's not something that we've had at the conference before. True. I mean, I remember when I was um, just starting out my career a little over 20 some odd years ago and it, you know, we started seeing some um, LGBTQ seniors move into residential settings, and it, it sort of created the question: Well, how do we handle that? Because we don't typically place unmarried male and females together mm-hmm. in rooms. Mm-hmm. It's always, you know, a companion room, two males together, two females. But then when you enter into the LGBTQ scenario, how do you handle that if you have? 
you know, a person who is LGBTQ with another person who's not in the same room, right? Mm -hmm. So it Mm -hmm. kind of opens up a lot of interesting conversations with how long-term care communities handle that and then how do the people in this group feel comfortable with trying to make long-term care placements. I've been seeing even some very specific um, adult care homes around the country get created specifically for this population of people people feel like they belong, have a sense of belonging. It's very interesting and different. Yeah, a woman... um, actually received an international award specifically for creating that model of care. Ooh, I recently fantastic. read on the news. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So God, that should be an interesting conversation for sure. Definitely. So we'll be sneaking into a lot of sessions <laughs> this year. And then there's always the legal information, <laughs> right? always the legal information. It's very popular. So important. And you know that content changes mm-hmm. every year as yes. updates are made. So we all need to go to that one as well. There's, I don't know. You know, people can go to four sessions out yes. of all of these, and it's hard to choose which one. It is. It definitely is. And one of the good things is that these sessions are repeated, mm-hmm. uh, which which is helpful for folks. And then one session that I know is incredibly popular, and people really walk away, and they really have a sense of what it's like to walk in another person's moccasins is through that virtual dementia tour. Talk so, to us a little bit about that. So true. So it's a dementia simulation where people actually put on goggles and gloves and things in their shoes and they're given some tasks and they get to like you said walk in someone's moccasins they get to feel like what it has what it's like to have dementia and you know things that when people come out of that I hear them say wow it's so powerful I had no idea I wish I had known this earlier so um, you know it only takes half an hour but it's life-changing it is it is and and people really walk away with uh, an aha moment of you know really trying to help understand well my gosh my loved one's feeling this way all day then obviously we would be experiencing some of the behaviors that we see. Right. And, and that's it, just normal. It gives us more empathy, mm-hmm. I think, but also shows us in a way how to have more patience. What about those that. puppies? Oh, yeah. We're having <laughs> the puppies back this year. We had such a great response. We had therapy dogs from Dogs with a Purpose last year, mm-hmm. and we knew they would be well-received when or not you know, when dogs are there, everybody loves that. But it was so well received. We're having them back this year, hopefully with a few more puppies to join That's us. That's going to be exciting. Yeah, it was definitely, and it was actually stressful leaving for us too at the end of the it conference was. day. It was for great. Sure. Nice thing after lunch. So we definitely could not do this conference, uh, just for those listening, really without the financial support of our sponsors, in particular our underwriting and presenting sponsors. Our underwriting sponsor this year is AARP, and our presenting sponsor again this year is Clarity Legal Group. And so we're able to keep this conference at truly an affordable rate for the family caregivers at $15 per person to attend. And um, you know that covers the entire day's worth of sessions, that covers the lunch, all the entertainment that we provide, all of the things that you get to experience because of the financial support of organizations such as AARP and Clarity, as well as all of our exhibitors and our other session sponsors. For Definitely. Sure. And that cost is just amazing. Yeah. For people. I yeah. mean, if we really sat down and figured out, and I actually did this one day, it, it cost us around $80 per attendee to attend one of these conferences and so and it's only 15 it's for 15 them to register. it's truly subsidized so um, we definitely encourage folks to go ahead and register online at caregiverssummit.org get your seat um, you know we always sell out every single year so we definitely want to make sure that you go ahead and register and if you're listening and you represent a community group that interfaces with older adults or a faith-based community you know send somebody just to sort of be that person that brings back those resources and information for your organization because 
even as an employer that may be listening, I guarantee you you have employees that are going through a caregiving journey. And so if you can arm yourself with materials and information, you would really be doing your employee group a great service too. So important for so many people to come. It's a steal at that rate, and I hope that everyone will take you up on your offer, Nicole, to head over to caregiversummit.org, caregiversummit.org. There you can find all the information and register. As uh, Nicole and Lisa mentioned, they've added a little bit of space, but don't risk it. Register now if you're interested in attending. It's a wonderful opportunity. Lisa Levine, Director of Education for the Dementia Alliance of North Carolina, thank you so much for coming in this evening. We appreciate it. Thank you. We have to take a quick break, but we'll be back right after this. You're listening to Aging Matters, care and comfort that surrounds you, a service of Transitions Life Care. It's your life, your care, here on News Radio 680 WPTF. This is Aging Matters. Care and comfort that surrounds you on News Radio 680 WPTF. Joined by Nicole Cleggett from Transitions Guiding Lights, here's your host, Jason Kong. Welcome back to Aging Matters, care and comfort that surrounds you, a service of Transitions Life Care on News Radio 680 WPTF. Jason Kong here with Nicole Cleggett. Thank you so much for joining us this evening. Nicole, we're going to switch gears here and we're going to be discussing the, the subject of community based care and the options that uh, exist within that area because there are so many and to do that we've brought in two experts you know not just one we've got two here <laughs> from uh home choice healthcare we've got executive director philip morris and we also have their director of provider relations blair purvis philip and blair thank you both so much for coming on the show this evening Thank you. Thank you, Jason. Yeah. So we are happy to have you here to talk about, you know, various different options for community-based care that we have in this area. And I often say it's a blessing and a curse. We have uh, really, truly so many options, particularly in Wake County, for family caregivers to touch and feel. Um, When you get out to the more rural areas, you have a lot fewer options. But having so many options can be incredibly overwhelming. So I'm glad that you're both here to shed some light on that topic for sure. Again, thank you for having us. Yeah, of course. So let's talk about that. What what types of community options uh, do you feel like we need to highlight today? Well, we've been in this more than 10 years, and providing personal care aids in the community is is the main thrust of what we do. We take a lot of calls from a lot of families, many times the daughter or son, who are facing the problems that they're seeing with their mom or dad or another family member. And we see this as an opportunity to help them build, get their comfort level back up because we can feel and hear the stress. So we're talking to these, these family members and they're asking questions. What can I do? What are my options? Many times they'll have Medicare, they'll have VA benefits, they may have Medicaid, and sometimes they don't have either and sometimes it's a private pay option, which we explain and we try to make it very understandable and so we start talking about budgets a little bit and we start talking about the family dynamics and so after discussing these types of things the family member is starting to feel better so i know that one of the big common uh, misconceptions that family caregivers have and we talk about it from time to time on this show is that medicare pays for everything but the reality of it is in community-based care medicare really pays for very little that is true we find that medicare will usually only pay for a caregiver if skilled nursing has already been called in as well and a home health agency is providing some of those skilled nurse therapies like 
um, wound care or physical therapy, that type of thing. And then they can sometimes get an aid for once or twice a week for just a short time. What we provide, though, are aids that are minimum two hours, and many times people need two or three hours a day, and Medicare does not cover that. So that's where the the rub is that's where the families start looking around well what else can we do yeah and I know that oftentimes when family caregivers are calling transitions guiding lights they often get sticker shock they hear the prices that you know the private duty in-home care companies charge and they say well, well I can't afford that and then they start talking about well maybe I'll just find somebody privately and I have a huge hesitation ever referring an individual privately because there are a lot of pitfalls and perhaps Philip you can kind of talk a little bit about that you know why shouldn't you just hire somebody off of Craigslist certainly <laughs> well there's lots of reasons I know there's a lot of horror stories but 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 the reality of it is families are looking at that they're trying to get the most for their dollar certainly and they're trying to save money because there's always limited funds. Uh, so one of the things that we benefit the family in providing through a agency is all of our workers are employees. Mm-hmm. They've been background checked. They've had criminal background checks. They're insured. They're covered by workers' comp. For example, if you've got a private person working in your home and they have a fall, well, they're probably going to come back on you mm-hmm. as far as a suit, liability. We cover all of that. Uh, The other piece is people get sick. People have family emergencies, uh, child care issues. Working through an agency, you have the option to call the agency. Well, you know, this aid can't come in today, so we've got other options. We we have currently over 400 employees. So Mm -hmm. we're able to um, find somebody else that can come in and uh, uh, provide that assistance for that day. Well, and the other piece of it is, and I'm certainly not a certified public accountant, but I will say that there are certain circumstances that family caregivers could potentially write off the cost of care for a loved one. And if you're hiring somebody under the table and paying them under the table, come at the end of the tax year, you might be certainly, up for a you, big surprise. Yes, <laughs> certainly you wouldn't, typically you wouldn't be able to write that off if you're paying privately. Yeah. And then uh, also you, you wind up with the issues of a uh, the tax liability for the person that you've been paying, the checks you've been writing, right. um, you know, if if it ever comes up, that would be an issue. Our services, you know, they're typically uh, tax deductible. Mm-hmm. Um, of course, I'd refer that to uh, your personal accountant or CPA. Right. But uh, right. in, in those cases, we're typically uh, a service that uh, you can write off. So, Philip, based on your experience, what um, are the, I guess, the main reasons why people end up calling a private duty in-home care company? What are some of the primary diagnoses or the, some of the things that family caregivers are seeing in the home that they kind of put up this big flag saying, oh boy, it's time? So, so often it happens that mom or dad has a fall, mm-hmm. which is typically what leads to the emergency room visit. And then maybe it's a, a recognition that they're not safe anymore. Right. Uh, they can, you know, the family comes over and you know, mom's left something on the stove or uh, left a burner on or just safety issues that occur. So what we try to do in those circumstances is that the family calls up and they're panicked. Right. And, uh, you know, mom's not safe. What do we do? And so often it happens it's a lack of planning in the front end winds up being a crisis on the back end. And then it's a response to the crisis. Mm-hmm. Who can we get? What can we get? How, how soon can you be here? Those types of issues come up most of the time. You know, I was interviewing a family caregiver yesterday for a piece I'm working on for a news channel, and one of the things that she talked about, and she had a tremendous amount of guilt, was that 
she got to a point where she just couldn't do it anymore. She just needed to eventually place her loved one. And, you know, she, she sits in a support group and she talks with other families, some of which cared for their loved one for 20 years in their home and, and others don't. And I think sometimes families get to this point where they realize that they just can't do it all 100% by themselves and they need to reach out to an organization yeah. such as yours. How do you help a family caregiver sort of work through that? Because I know there are a lot of concerns for families about bringing an outsider into the home and what that's going to feel like and what that's going to look like. Certainly. Care- and caregiver burnout is one of the big issues mm-hmm. that uh, people face all the time. So what we try to do is match up the caregiver with the family, uh, the introduction part, the training, and uh, just working with that family to make sure it's it's a good fit mm-hmm. uh, because there are personality conflicts that do occur and it's always happens but uh, we try to find somebody that fits and most of the time it, they become part of the family mm-hmm. and become very well accepted and they wind up being part of christmas and thanksgiving and all of those mm-hmm. types of uh, celebrations yeah. i'd but like to add to nicole that when uh, a caregiver or someone that's looking after their parents when they are in the hospital setting or the rehab setting there are social workers and discharge planners that are there to work with the family and so the many times i get calls from the caregiver and said mama's here at the rehab or dad's in the hospital don't know what i'm going to do and i always suggest reach out to the to the case manager or the discharge planner They have not only a list of agencies and options, but they also can talk with you about a number of things that they need to be thinking about. How many hours do you need? And many times the the discharge planner will be able to share with them, we see this happening and this is probably what your mom or dad is going to need when they go home. That helps them get their wheels turning as to what they can ask us about in terms of amounts and budgets and times. Yeah, it certainly seems to always be a shock for the family caregiver when their loved one is in the hospital and then suddenly the case manager says, okay, we're discharging tomorrow. You know, and that's when the panic buttons go off or when they're in the rehab center and somewhere along the line they heard Medicare will pay for 100 days, but the reality of it is most people are cut after, you know, 16 or 20 and then suddenly the social worker says, okay, your mom has to go home tomorrow. And so I'm sure you all deal with a a tremendous amount of panic button issues with these family caregivers. Yeah, and that's something that we want to explore in our next segment. We've got Philip Morris and Blair Purvis here. They are both from Home Choice Healthcare and we're going to continue our conversation with them right after this. Stick around. You're listening to Aging Matters, care and comfort that surrounds you, a service of Transitions Life Care on News Radio 680 WPTF. This is Aging Matters, care and comfort that surrounds you on News Radio 680 WPTF. Joined by Nicole Claggett from Transitions Guiding Lights, here's your host, Jason Kong. News Radio 680 WPTF, this is Aging Matters, care and comfort that surrounds you, a service of Transitions Life Care. And you can find more about Transitions Life Care at transitionslifecare.org. Jason Kong here with Nicole Cleggett. Our two guests in the studio are Philip Morris and Blair Purvis. They are with Home Choice Healthcare and Nicole. Just before the break, we were talking about um, you know expectations when it comes to rehab and maybe an unexpected discharge, and suddenly you're thrown into panic mode, thinking, you know, I wasn't expecting this so soon. What do I do? Well, I know, and it's hard. You know, sometimes when you've worked in the industry so long and you see that train coming down the track 
days and weeks before and you try to warn even with my own family you know I recently had a situation with a family member whose loved one I could see literally dying over the past year and then suddenly when they were told it was the last two weeks of life it seemed like it was a sudden shock so you know when you work in healthcare, you can see it coming down the pike a long way but when you're sort of in the thick of it it, it really does seem like there are certain moments that are jolting and then suddenly you really have to go from you know just plugging along to crisis mode absolutely well the things that we hope that when family members call us is that they'll start thinking about several things they need to be thinking about their budget and they need to talk among their family members what can we really afford to what do? can we all pitch in that's i mean right. it's not and, just maybe the individual it could be family right. members Sometimes all coming the together family members pull their money together and they say we're going we're going to do this and sometimes um it will get the, the ball rolling. It'll get things started. And later on, there may be some benefits, VA benefits. Things. Some things can kick in after they get started if they have certain types of um, programs and insurances, like long-term care. Long-term care insurance is great, but there's a, there's a waiting period mostly mm-hmm. with these companies. And so you have to get started, and you have to know the times of day that you're looking for. Like if a family will call us and say, I really need someone to be here from 10 o'clock to 1 o'clock, five days a week and and they already know that and that's that's going to work it's so much easier for our care team um, to, to try to staff that right but many times they don't know right and so we always encourage people to when you call us be thinking about the budget and the times of day and the number of hours that you need per day well and the other thing that I would say to add on to that is because people are very financially aware of what all this costs, which can be quite a bit over a a, a period of time. Sometimes I think families shortchange the amount of time the loved one really needs. And so they'll try to jam everything in in two hours when the reality is to make it a more quality experience for their loved one or to really wrap around what that loved one really needs. Maybe it needs to be three or four. And so I often say, while I know that's a financial pinch and I'm there's really nothing we can do about that piece. Um, really listen to the experts. You know, the the home care agencies that are out there, I mean, you know, everyone's a business, and I understand that, but the reality of it is is you're not going to recommend something that you really don't feel that family member requires. Absolutely not. And one of the purposes originally when we started the company was uh, to assist families, mm-hmm. uh, to assist people um, I have a nursing home background, been a nursing home administrator for many, many years, and seeing the issues that come up and when when they're admitted to the nursing home. And so many times the the, the client or the patient, as, as well as the family, is wanting mom back at home. Mm-hmm. And so working through that transition back to a home setting of and determining what exactly mom might need uh, is exactly what you're talking about. You know, it's it, there is often a short you know, let's make it happen really quick so right. that we're saving money and we can stretch it out longer. But that doesn't always give exactly what the what the patient needs. And the bottom line is, is and this is a common theme that's been coming up, is that we are just other a group of human beings trying to help other human beings. We're not to the point where it's robots helping human beings, and I hope we never get there. Um, but we are going to make mistakes, right? Just like in every family, not every situation is perfect. And so what's some advice that you could give a family caregiver? Because I know there's a lot of hesitation about complaining about every little thing but the reality of it is is if you don't start letting people know what the small issues are resentment builds up and then all of a sudden a person will blow up over something that it seems to be small but the reality was there was a whole lot in that pipeline before that and then it finally Absolutely. just blew <laughs> yes. 
communication is the key. Mm -hmm. And uh, as an agency owner, I want to know any situation that occurs early. Because if we catch it early, like you said, we can stop it. Uh, Sometimes it's just a conversation. Sometimes it's misunderstanding. Uh, We all come from different cultures, different backgrounds. So the interaction may not be exactly as you would hope, Mm -hmm. but uh, just through communication and talking, uh, we've got, you know, several full-time nurses that can go out and intervene. Uh, Blair gets, uh, is able to, from a provider relations standpoint, we want to make it a good experience for everyone. So that early conversation, that early communication, uh, maybe just from a time standpoint, well, you know, actually it would be better if she was here at eight, but she's coming at nine and well, we don't really want to disrupt anything. So yeah, well, they're afraid a, they're going to change yeah. the caregiver on them, and they like this caregiver, so they're dealing with it where it's really not a perfect fit. Or there's the other fear of the fear of reprisal, right? Well, what if I complain about this family caregiver, and then that caregiver finds out, and then they don't treat my mom the same? And then that's a real fear. I mean, I face that even with my own children, young children that go to school. You know, I don't know if I want to be that mom that complains about the kindergarten teacher because my kid's going to be there for 12 more years. You know, so True. you can see that people have that hesitation and fear and so what can you say to a family about that and to help allay that situation it's typically not going to be uh, adversarial situation we want it to be a a a smooth transition and working with each other and the caregivers we hire they aren't in this field for the money (laughs) (laughs) they are in in to provide wonderful care and take care of people and so typically if they're doing something that the family doesn't like they want to know as well right they they want to improve absolutely for sure uh, make it a, a good relationship all the way around So another piece that I would love to touch on, and I'm specifically touching your company about this, is because I know that Transitions Guiding Lights does refer to your agency fairly frequently. And we refer a lot of -of end-of-life patients, folks that are very, very ill from a uh, chronic perspective or terminally ill. And um, I would suspect that some of your caregiver, your professional caregivers get some uh, special training to help work with these families, correct? And, And these patients? Yes, they do. Yes, and the um, the aides that we have, we go through an orientation product uh, orientation program, and our nurse spends a, a great amount of time trying to help that particular aide understand a particular setting and where they're going to be. Like Philip mentioned, we try to carefully select who is going to be in that position to look after that particular family, but. There is a, a great satisfaction that I believe that the AIDS have because many times a patient that's involved with end-of-life issues in the family, if hospice is there and other organizations are trying to help, the hours that we can spend filling in the, the blanks, you might say, mm-hmm. give that family respite themselves. Many times they're working. Many times the, the son or daughter. Oh, they, it's the emotional drain. Right, and and they need a, they need a little bit of a break mm-hmm. from this, and they, they know that we're here because the hospice teams, even though an interdisciplinary team is there, many times during the week, it may not be the type of hours that they can count on like they can with us. Right, and I find that that it, that that certified nursing assistant or that aide that goes into the home really knows a lot more about that family dynamic and that patient than really anybody else going into the home. And so um, they need to be treated like a true member of that interdisciplinary 
team, a lot of times they recognize things. They might see the, a starting of a wound or they might notice that person's breathing a little differently or that they're in pain. And so I think, um, you know, they are, are vital in that team environment to make that end of life care super important for that, for that individual. So let's talk a little bit about We've been talking a lot about the re- being reactive, and I, and I know that's kind of how we are in the United States. We don't really deal with things until they're big, ugly boils right in front of our faces. Um, but let's talk about what can we do, what are some of the do's and don'ts that we can advise folks on to really try to be a little bit more proactive and not face some of this crisis when already it's incredibly emotionally and physically charged. Well, I, if I could offer some tips for families out there that are right now starting to notice changes in their parents, maybe noticing the times they're spending in the emergency room now. They need to be really trying to plan ahead. They need to get other family members involved. They need to make sure that everybody's on the same plate. And that's difficult. Family dynamics can be tricky. But um, get to know your family's limitations and their strengths. Many times you may assume that a brother or sister can be there and really add a lot to the to the mix, but sometimes they just can't. They don't know what it's like being a caregiver. Get advice from families and friends that have already been there and done that. Some of your neighbors and some of your friends can offer you some really good advice sometimes, and I think it'll help build build your confidence going into that. I also suggest people get advice with advanced directives. There's a lot of different things that they can do to get proper legal documentation that can help them with decision making know your budget and know what your insurances will cover Mm -hmm. many times they haven't even called their insurance company to find out do i get some remedy with my budget because of my insurance and i also say listen and learn from what you hear at the doctor's office from the rehab center from the hospitals and other places that you go ask questions Find out from them what they recommend. They know your patient's situation, your, your mom's situation or whatever, and they can respond. So if folks want more information about your company, how do they go, go ahead and get a hold of you? Well, the best way to reach us probably would be just call our Raleigh office. It's 919-882-3680. But we also have an office in Fuquay. We have an office in Goldsboro. And we have an office in Southern Pines. Yeah, and that's, uh, again, that phone number, 919-882-3680. I want to thank Blair Purvis, the Director of Provider Relations, and Philip Morris, the Executive Director. Both are with Home Choice Healthcare. Thank you both so much for coming in this evening and spending some time with us. Thank Thank you, you. Jason. Thank you, Nicole. we got to take a quick break. We'll be back with more. Stick around. You're listening to Aging Matters, care and comfort that surrounds you, a service of Transitions Life Care on News Radio 680 WPTF. This is Aging Matters, care and comfort that surrounds you on News Radio 680 WPTF. With your co-host, Nicole Claykitt, here's the host of Aging Matters, Jason Kong. News Radio 680 WPTF, you're listening to Aging Matters, care and comfort that surrounds you, a service of Transitions Live Care. She is Nicole Claykitt. I am Jason Kong. Thank you so much for joining us this Saturday evening. And Nicole, we got a little housekeeping that we need to do. And, you know, we haven't talked about Transitions Guiding Lights in a while. And I think that this is... Uh, 
again, such a tremendous resource available to folks and that, uh, you know, we probably should say something about it every single program, (laughs) although it it makes it hard because we don't have a whole lot of time. But I I think it is very important to remind everyone just what Guiding Likes is and what it does. Well, thank you, Jason. So we are a nonprofit organization, a charity organization uh, in the state of North Carolina, and we provide to the community at large free information, free referrals, education and support to those who are in a caregiving journey for a loved one. And, you know, one of the things that I think we don't hit on very often is that, you know, what exactly is a caregiver? You know, I always think about, you know, I think it's Jeff Foxworthy, you know, you know you're a redneck if. There <laughs> needs to be, you know, you're a caregiver if. And, you know, it, it's kind of sneaky because a lot of people identify being a family caregiver as actually providing that physical care to a loved one. So that is literally, you know, if I am not dressing my mom, bathing my mom, assisting my mom to the bathroom, feeding my mom, then I'm not a caregiver. But that's actually not true. You know, caregiving is really um, a whole host of of different types of tasks that you do with a loved one to include what we often call activities of daily living. That's the bathing and the dressing, the grooming that I just mentioned. But there's also what they call IDALs, which are more of the independent activities of daily living. So those are things like preparing meals, going grocery shopping, writing your bills, being transported to and from work or doctor's appointments, things of that nature. And oftentimes those are the things that start happening in a family situation. And that's really caregiving. So if you're starting to, you know, have to, you know, check in on mom via phone call, take mom to doctor's appointments, uh, make sure that mom is getting rid of the spoiled food in the refrigerator, actually run to the grocery store because she's not driving anymore. You're actually really a caregiver. It can sneak up on you at times. You may just think, hey, I'm I'm helping out mom a little bit with this. And then suddenly you're kind of in it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I really and I think men have a harder time identifying as caregivers. And so a, a good friend of mine, you know, he was caregiving for his mom and he was telling me all the things that he was doing for his mom. And you know, she had been in the hospital a whole bunch of times. And, you know, he was, you know, visiting her every single day in the long term care facility she was in and being an advocate for her. And one day I referred to him as a caregiver and he said, well, I'm not a caregiver. And I said, well, frankly, you actually are. And let me explain to you why. So, you know, caregiving even continues on for those, you know, listening. You know, you may have been providing some of that care for a loved one in their home, and then they transition off into more of a long-term care setting. But you're still really there because I don't care if you're five years old or 50 years old or 100 years old. If you are not receiving care in your own home, or even frankly, if you are, you really need someone there on your bench to be your advocate because there's so much going on and it's so complicated. You really need somebody there to make sure that, you know, they're not amputating your right arm when it really needs to be your left, so to speak. <laughs> so Nicole, give me a quick walkthrough. Um, I, suddenly I find out, oh, I'm I'm a caregiver now I, uh-huh. I, and I need some help. And I, I let's say I call guiding lights. What what happens? What what should I ask? What, what do I do? Well, first of all, know that there are no stupid questions. There are no wrong That's questions. That's good for me. Well, <laughs> well, but I think sometimes people are embarrassed because the reality of it is people don't know what they don't know. And there is a huge tangled web of resources out there. So what happens is when you call, or you can stop by, but most people call just because they're so busy, um, you will speak to one of our referral specialists. And we actually have two folks in our office that take these calls. And we ask you questions about what's going on in your loved one's life, what's going on in your life, and sort of where all the pressure and pinch points are. 
are. And you may call and say, you know, I can't take it anymore. If mom asks me one more time, what time is it? I'm just going to go crazy. And, um, you know, so you just, and, and mom needs to be placed. But you may not realize that there are a lot of community-based options out there that may make them be able to stay in their home a little bit safer for longer. So, you know, we take an intake. It's not a big, scary process, but we really try to find out what the situation is. We try to find out also from you what the financial resources are. Now, not that because we're nosy about what your finances are, but we want to know what bucket of money do you have to potentially pay for your loved one's care? Because we don't want to refer you to give you an improper referral to an organization that you can't afford. And so, you know, we want to kind of get a sense of where we are with that. And then what we do is we directly connect you to organizations of excellence. So we have organizations that apply to receive referrals by our organization, and we put them through an interview process, and we make sure that we feel confident that if this was our mom or dad, we would feel comfortable making referral to that entity. And so after we talk with you, and if, if an actual resource needs to be referred out to you, then we will get your permission to actually connect you with that organization and hopefully make a match for you so that you can have some relief in that caregiving journey. And you're getting no incentive for these referrals, correct? Absolutely like some of these not. other organizations. Right. So there are some things out there that exist that can kind of get referral fees when they give a referral to an entity, um, which is way too complicated to get into right now. But um, no. So there is no charge for organizations to become vetted by us, and we do not get money back for giving referrals. We really look at the situation, which is why we're a nonprofit 501c3 charity. And so we are funded through grants, through do- donations, through the fundraising events that we have. And that's really how we keep the wheel turning for our organization. It's a great organization and just a, a truly invaluable resource. Guidinglightsnc.org is the website. What's the phone number if folks want to Sure, get it's a 919-371-2062. Excellent. Nicole, we're out of time. We, uh, we're, we've got to get out of here, but we will be back again next Saturday evening at 7. Thank you so much for joining us and listening to Aging Matters, care and comfort that surrounds you, a service of Transitions Life Care, right here on News Radio 680 WPTF. Have a great night. You've been listening to Aging Matters, care and comfort that surrounds you on News Radio 680 WPTF. For more information, log on transitionslifecare.org.